Justin, do you have something for this? I do not. (laughs) As per usual, Justin has nothing for our opening. So when we started this, and in previous iterations of this podcast, Justin would grind the proceedings to the halt because he had a bit that he would want to open on. Um, And now it seems the bits have just dried up. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> now is not the time for bits. Now is the time for action. Action now is the such time as for <laughs> action such as laughing and joy and the uh, <laughs> Mm -hmm. Season one, Star Trek Picard. It is out of here. Engage, make it so. Gonzo. Uh, And I would be, I think, accurate in saying that the reaction from most people, including ourselves, was one of uh, disappointment in a large sense. I, I can't say I'm disappointed. Um... Because as I've been saying throughout this thing, the highs were high and the lows were low, but the yes. the highs were still high. So True. I, I I got what I wanted from the show, yeah. but the way it was presented was so I, I actually kind of think now with the benefit of hindsight, I think I like the season better. Uh, as I move beyond it, because I'm forgetting all of the shit things and just remembering the the good things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. The highs were like you were saying. The highs were so high for me, including the um, the Riker scene in the final episode. That was like the highest point of the season for me. Uh. Mm-hmm. That I I don't dislike it at all. I I did not dislike the season of television. And in fact, I was sunnier on it than I think. You guys and most people, a lot of people were a little down in the dumps on this season of TV. Um, but I saw enough good stuff where I felt pretty comfortable in saying that I liked it. Um, mm. But it was definitely not, I think, what anybody was expecting when people were anticipating this show. Which is and, just, a, it happens. And I think for good and for real. Yeah. Tom? Expecting, hoping for... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Much like most aspects of life these days, uh, it feels like a weird dream. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I mean, to s- it, yeah, it definitely, I think you captured it. It was definitely not what I was expecting. But to, to say that I was disappointed would only be mostly accurate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's this weird. I don't know. I, I, I maybe a, this is in line with what you're saying, Justin. But like, um, it giveth and it taketh away. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, it was, uh, or was that what Frank was saying with the highs and the lows? But like, uh, no, that was Justin. Uh, yeah, there was some stupid shit in this. Um, I guess my only real. And there was also good stuff. My only real actual disappointment is that they put a lot of stuff on the plate. Mm. 
and they put a lot of stuff into play that they didn't utilize fully. Yes. Um, and who knows, maybe some of this shit is like multi-season arc kind of stuff. Um, but they they put some balls in motion that they didn't utilize and yeah. could have made it a better season if they had found a way to integrate them better. So uh, that's my only straight up disappointment yeah um I'll, I'll give i'll give my short thing of like how i um uh judge uh, on a base level things uh media uh one does it justify its own existence mm. um and i think it does for the data stuff for most of the Dodge stuff, which that that was a that was a surprise, that this completely new character um, uh, held her own uh, against the promise of the show, which is Star Trek Picard. I was mm. I was f- fully engaged in her storyline, <laughs> um, and I think that's um, that was surprising and a, a wonderful thing. Um, uh, my other criteria for something like this, a reboot or a requel, all of uh, everything that's happening these days, um, is does it ruin the previous property? Uh, for example, The Force Awakens is a perfect example of how these things are often handled, uh, which is The Force Awakens makes the original Star Wars trilogy uh, less special because we thought that the the original characters, the original trilogy, they defeated the Empire, they won, but The Force Awakens resets the table and no, they, they didn't win. <laughs> These are the people that are gonna win now. Does this do that? Not at all. Um, uh, I think it, it builds the world in a wonderful way with the, the Romulan relocation. Um, and the only argument that, um, that people did seem to have was Starfleet should be this utopian thing. And it didn't seem to be at the beginning of the series, but they fixed that at the end. Uh, that Starfleet does come around. So I think, I think it, it passes those tests. <laughs> I have kind of um, a weird question uh, because uh, whenever you have sort of a, a jump forward into the uh, Star Trek timeline, um, you know, you kind of, with the world building, uh, we found out what happened with the Romulans. We got some insights into what was going on with the Borg. Um, we didn't really find out too much about a lot of other races and things, which isn't, you know, so bad because, you know, does anybody really care what the Frankie are up to? But, uh, an interesting- I do. <laughs> Deep Space Nine lover here. <laughs> an interesting thing that they skirted, and it's going to be kind of, I don't know what they're going to do with this, which is they didn't really give us an update on the Klingons. True. Which I feel is important because yeah. Klingons and Romulans were pretty big enemies, and it wasn't just Starfleet 
versus the Federation versus the Romulan Star Empire. It was as much the Klingon Empire versus them. And the reason why I think this is kind of a sticking point is they didn't have Michael Dorn back or anyone else, uh, but they with the CBS All Access and the uh, revamping of Star Trek as a franchise for uh, a new time with Star Trek Discovery, they unveiled a new kind of Klingon, mm-hmm. a new look, and well, that started with the um, that started with the J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams Star Trek, but uh, now we have the old-fashioned, you know, uh, oh, what's a good word, Teramisu head uh, guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the new ones, and what's it gonna be? What are they gonna do? Um. I, I think um, a good thing about the this season, though, I mean, you might disagree with me, but I think the the scope and the point of view were so specific to be basically Picard and Soji that I don't think that means... I think they could get to uh, some crazy shit with the, the Klingons and it will make sense uh, that we haven't seen anything because we're purely in Picard and Soji's point of view that, you know what I mean? So it's not like an oversight, possibly. (laughs) It might not be an oversight. Well, a lot of shit might be oversights, so. uh, That's true, that's true. Justin, you were telling me that apparently, uh, who is it, Michael Chabon? Michael, okay, so Michael Shaban has been apparently, after each episode, yes. going on Instagram and clearing things up for yeah. people. I, I, and, yeah, I saw that too. In, including our big mystery of the last episode, what happened to Narek? What the fuck? Apparently they filmed it and accidentally cut it out. How? How? How do you accidentally <laughs> cut it? They, how? I'm, I, I'm I, looking at this right now. I'm gonna go look for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Uh, it's it's literally. I felt that multiple times throughout this season. Um, flashbacks to the last season of Game of Thrones, where mm. there was just like uh, a Starbucks cup and like a bottle of water. That, but almost worse because it's like story beats. <laughs> Apparently, uh, somebody's been watching uh, Little Women pretty closely and found like a, a hydro flask in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um. But but I, I I will say that 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 um. It didn't seem like there was that great of an oversight over this season of television. Um, and I think I think you were saying, Tom. I think it's because they there's so much going on that was not necessary, um, and it could have been. Uh, and I'll get to it in a bit. It could have been a much better, cleaner season of television. Uh, yeah. So uh, one thing I wanted to point out is Happy First Contact Day, fellas. April fifth, twenty sixty three. Is when Zephram Cochran makes first contact with the Vulcans. Yay! So we are 43 years away from Star Trek future. Let's hope that nothing <laughs> shitty or insane happens between then. 
That that makes sense because that like uh, tent bar uh, that he was staying in <laughs> looks very post COVID. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, oh, James Carl. Oh, did you know who was originally going to play Zephyr Cochran in First Contact, and it wasn't James Cromwell. Who's that? Mr. Thomas Hanks. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. They they got to a contract negotiation stage, from what I understand, and then it fell through. But they were he they were gunning for Tom Hanks, and he almost said yes. That's that I would can, be way too weird. <laughs> I can see it. I mean, he's definitely he's trod that ground with like uh, his. I think his character in A League of Their Own, kind of a yeah. down and out guy who gets sort of dragged back to greatness. Just imagine him in the scene where he's like spazzing out. Because Jordy's trying to get on his balls about building the warp drive, and he just wants to get drunk and be nihilistic, uh, doing his exasperated Tom Hanks voice. Um, and then, um, <laughs> and then him and Jordy are up in the uh, spaceship, and the uh, engines break out, uh, and he says, "We're not falling. We're, oh damn it, we're not flying. We're falling with style." Toy Story. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, so, yeah, Justin, so Justin was alluding to uh, a, a thing that uh, a project that he has uh, taken on for all of our benefit. Well, yes. well, first, first, do we uh, do we have anything else to say about um, the season as a as a whole? Do we want to give our um, our letter grades? Sure, uh, I think like. As you were saying, Justin, a lot of the stuff that happened with the season kind of reminded you of, like, the last two seasons of Game of Thrones in terms of, like, mm. this was kind of a mess and people were flying by the seat of their pants and trying to figure it out. And you sometimes cut the storyline wrap up of one of the show's major characters in the se- <laughs> season finale episode and don't remember that it happened somehow. And then it just goes to air. Um... And the but there was enough things that made me feel Star Trek love in there mm. that I can't feel badly about this season, even though there were decisions that made me like kind of angry and sad, like the death of Hugh, um, and not for like narrative reasons, but for like storytelling reasons. Like the choice that was made was a bad choice. Not it made me sad when the character died. Um, but, you know, I got to see Sir Patrick Stewart play Jean-Luc Picard again. I got to see Brent Spliner play Data and, like, another pervert Soong again. I got to see Will Riker and uh, uh, Deanna Troy back. You know, there's there was some joy to be had. And they said fuck on Star Trek a lot, which is weird. They said fuck. Uh, <clears throat> they said fuck a lot. Um, so I'm going to get... I would have, if the scene with Will Riker coming in at the end of the season finale did not exist, I would give it a soft C+. But now I'm going to give it a B-. minus. All right, all right. Um, I've, I've said my piece about this fucking thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it gets a C+, plus and <laughs> nothing more, <laughs> nothing less. I... I it's, I, I've, I've got the dual, dual edges of... Is it good and do I like it? And I like it better than it is good. Okay. <laughs> so that brings it down to a C plus, but I I like it 
So that brings it up from a D plus. <laughs> um, C plus. And, and, and I, I think they proved that they can do stuff with the TNG crew um, still and have it be interesting and, and good and uh, prescient. Um, so I'm looking forward to what they, they will do uh, in the future. Um, yeah, but C plus for, for this thing. Uh, so, so much, and this kind of fits into a thing we're going to do a little later in this podcast, which is speculate about what's going to happen uh, next season. But um, it's so weird because uh, the indication from the season finale this year made it look as though um, they were going to kind of like change to a more episodic, less serialized mm. setup. And I don't know what their intentions are with this. Clearly, it's not a drum tight TV miniseries event. It's clearly like a show with all mm-hmm. of like the disappointing things. And like a lot of shows, maybe this was just their wonky kind of tone deaf first season. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and like, but like TNG that- had one. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and, and even like more broadly, like like comedies or or some prestige dramas have that first season that's just what is this show? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what their intentions are going forward. Like so much, that seems to be a big theme with my criticism of the show, which is that they set up so much, uh, and so much of what I think of what they've done is contingent on how they land it the things they've put in motion and uh i almost feel like i can say that for an entire season of television that they put a lot of things in motion but i don't know where they're going with it because this plot seems like resolved you know what i mean or at least you know there's a lot of shit that's not resolved like what the fuck happened to Narek? uh but (laughs) Wait, he was he was captured by the Federation. That's what happened to Narek. Not that we would know that from you know watching the show, but uh, um, so yeah, yeah, it's kind of uh, you know, uh, so you know, maybe I can look back and think, oh, this season was actually pretty okay, B minus. But I don't know how they're gonna improve it. I think that's the most they can improve it in my book is to get it up to a B minus because this was janky as shit and all over the goddamn place with the tone. And uh, lots of goofy, needless stuff, especially with Rafi, any scene she was in. Uh, and fuck Allison Pill. Uh, but what? <laughs> no, no, no. She's great. Just her character is the worst. Uh, <laughs> yeah, her character is terrible. And never face justice for the murder she committed. The actual murder. Maybe she murdered Narek, too. Uh, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, and this might be surprising because I feel like I was one of the... I don't know. I feel like we were alternating between being critical and being an apologist for this show, so I, I'm not sure if this is... But, uh, you know, C. Just a, just a C. Just like... All right. All right. Like, I'm disappointed in you. I know you can do better, Tom, from high school. This yeah. was You clearly wrote this on the bus this morning. <laughs> All right, Justin. All right. 
we we've gone through an, a, a, a roller coaster of critical emotions for the past ten weeks, um, and as we can see, this show could be much improved by me. I feverishly <laughs> at three in the morning uh, wrote this down. It's uh, it's quite long, but I'll I'll try to get through it. Is this it is riddled with spelling errors and covered in sweat. Yes. This is Justin fixing Star Trek Picard. <laughs> is it written in magazine cutouts? <laughs> no. Are you mailing it to CBS? No. But what I'm what I what I'm doing is taking all of the good elements that they introduced in this series and rearranging them into something far more palatable. First of all... <laughs> Dear CPS, the Unabomber had some good ideas <laughs> is how I open my letter to you. First of all, just some basic structural things. The first three episodes, everything before they go into space should have been one long movie-length episode. Mm. Same thing with the end. I think everything, once they get to uh, the robot planet through to the end should have been a long season finale hmm. okay okay let's see okay what's next um now some uh, small subtle things first when uh when dodge comes to B picard at the beginning i want her to explicitly tell him uh that she's afraid for her life and for the life of her sister i don't recall her uh raising any concerns about her sister which since she's realizing she's a robot, obviously she would think maybe my sister is too. So instead of Picard, after Dodge gets exploded in front of his face, uh, <laughs> instead of him saying, this really makes me want to go on an adventure <laughs> and, and have um, his, uh, his journey be, no, I'm going, I made a promise to Dodge that I'm going to save her sister, you know? would be so much better and they could have done it with a fucking line of dialogue and it's embarrassing that they didn't <laughs> yeah no that's that's a pretty solid change yeah he's he's yeah, guilty correct. about data's death he's guilty about dodge's death he wants to save or Soji. even even in her conversation with her ai mom on the rainy street in boston mm. why why wouldn't they bring up soji yeah they do it takes uh, Picard and the Romulan lady uh, snooping around in Dodge's apartment to realize that she has a sister. It's it's embarrassing. In a, a drum tight, excellently, totally necessary <laughs> scene. Um, uh, so that's that's just the the beginning. Um, okay, here's the thing: Space Legolas is completely gone. <laughs> yeah, it, he's out of the show. He served zero purpose. My my counterpoint to you is. Without space Legolas, we don't get Picard dressed like Hannibal Lecter, and that was pretty awesome. That's true, but maybe he could be uh, uh, just dressed like that in the... <laughs> okay, replace uh, the character of space Legolas with an entire um, uh, holodeck episode. With uh, Tom Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, instead of space Legolas, <clears throat> right... Picard's Romulan housekeepers, who they spend two episodes introducing these great characters and then leave them on Earth. <laughs> they join him. Very simple. They are, um, part of their whole job is to protect Picard, but they're not joining him on the fucking mission. 
So they join uh, Picard as, working as the bodyguards, and they have knowledge about how the Romulans work and working knowledge of the Tal Shiar. It makes zero sense that they didn't join up, yeah. which leads me to the biggest point and saves a character. Is it Dr. number one? Uh, Dr. Gerardi joins the mission purely as the bumbling, socially awkward, uh, dorky comic relief, but she her arc is learning to look past her like fetishization of um, the synthetics uh, as like works of science and, and uh, pieces of art. And her entire arc is understanding that they are real people. Her entire arc is expanded from uh, that wonderful scene with uh, Soji uh, into that is her whole purpose instead of her murdering uh, people. Um, and instead of her working as a double agent, right? Mm -hmm. The male Romulan of the housekeepers the whole time has been keeping tabs on Picard for the tall she are okay right okay and so he's the one who kills uh the dude and there's a wonderful dramatic moment when the female romulan housekeeper uh figures it out and has to protect the crew from him and kills him you know what i mean that would be perfect it, and it saves the character of dr gerardi um, it makes way more sense as opposed to this random doctor being shown this thing and she's given a, a pill to swallow, uh, you know? Yeah, um, I am on record as saying, you know, agreeing with you, especially about the Romulan housekeeper is like, why introduce those characters and do nothing? Because they were cool. Like, there's there was room to explore how they were Tal Shiar, how they left, like, why they're, like, one one of the only Gund Romulans we ever see on a Star Trek mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. Not to it mention, uh, wasted. Not to mention, sexy Irish Romulan would have been a much better love interest for Rios than, uh, Gerardi, or Gerardi. Oh, by yeah, far. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> which leads me to, um, <laughs> replacing the space legless shit on the Borg cube, um, is Seven of Nine. When she joins them, she just doesn't leave. And so when they do go onto the board cube, not only is Picard uh, having uh, his his moment, but we're Hello, seeing Picard. <laughs> we're we're seeing different flavors of of that trauma uh, through uh, Seven of Nine, and we also can uh, hint at. A relationship, past relationship, like a fuck relationship between Hugh and Seven. Um, yeah. Um, uh, and Seven stays on the, the cube as opposed to Space Legolas as protection for Hugh. Um, and as I said in a previous podcast, uh, when it comes to them uh, reactivating the hive, there can be a great back and forth philosophic debate between Hugh and Seven uh, about that. Um, and when Hugh is killed by the sexy Romulan lady, Seven uh, is there, and from that point on through the end of the series, she has it out for the Romulan lady. So instead of I am Sparta, Sparta her on the board, even though Hugh, that was pretty awesome. 
it was awesome, but they didn't set that up, except that we know that Hugh was an XB and Seven was an XB. We didn't have them interacting, really, At that all. much. She didn't know yeah. him. She didn't know him. So, so why, is, why, why is this is for Hugh meaningful? Exactly. Also, couldn't we was, have found a way to combine the character of uh, sexy lady Talshiar with uh, Miriam <laughs> uh, Moira Citrus uh, on uh, on Forgassen? Yeah. Could, could she have killed XB uh, uh, Voyager guy? You definitely could have had the 100%, and then that would have um, even more so raised her up as the big bad of the series. Um, perhaps, um, perhaps an opportunity to see uh, sexy Talshar Lady with her aunt redhead Talshar Lady in action in the good old days. Exactly. 100%. 100%. Um uh, along with this, um, Rafi... He, he's, he's looking down at a list that he has prepared. <laughs> I just want I, you to know uh, that he's shuffling papers, clearing his throat, <laughs> taking a sip of water. He's got a PowerPoint in the background. In conclusion, um, CVS, I am not a madman. <laughs> um, um, along with all of this, uh, Rafi comes onto the show as, you know, Picard, like Picard's true number one. And she plays like the Sherlocky thing, um, and she's pragmatic and has the balls and backbone uh, for whenever Picard is too soft and old. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm just reading it now. While Picard is the heart and soul of the mission, in his unwell state, he has to rely on Rafi as the brains and balls of the mission. Um, but Picard also has to calm her fiery side, tempering it with compassion. Yeah, right. I, maybe the idea that people aren't perhaps as deferent to Picard because of his age, and then Rafi is like, "Do you know who you're talking to?" Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. We didn't we didn't really see them in their role that supposedly they had for however many years with her yeah. as his number one. We didn't yeah. really get a sense of what that relationship was like back in the day, except for that one conversation they had in the uh, breakfast nook of the Federation courthouse. Uh, after he resigned, uh, we didn't really get to see, you know, what their deal was, except for the Pearl, the sheer perfect uh, compressed diamond that is the fact that she refers to him as JL. Yes, yes. Yeah. JL of Krypton. See, so much of this season has in um, replacing, mistaking plot with character. They give um, Rafi her own side plot, but it does nothing to establish her character and makes her less um, uh, important to the show. You know what I mean? She had her own side thing, and then she comes back onto the ship. Is sad. Is sad, and then at some point joins the mission. If she was purely like the one taking charge uh, throughout, and she could have had some some nice uh, um, oh oh she could have had some nice tension with seven of nine um, because they both kind of want to take charge of the situation and then that could turn into sexual tension exactly um, and then I think I said this in the last episode either Picard's given a new synth brain or it was fixed using synth shit 
which ties into the Riker Sun thing, or since Picard wants to have a limited lifespan, which inspires the synths to follow in Picard and Data's uh, footsteps. Um, and also, one last thing, um, making use of the streaming format. The episodes, besides the, I think the first and the last, all were like 42 minutes long. Um, which is a, like a throwback to um, a previous way television was made. They could have had some 35-minute episodes uh, that were pure plot-moving episodes. And then they could have had longer ones where they took more, took more time with character. You know what I mean? But they made no use out of, including they have act breaks, like cut to commercial act breaks, which makes me wonder, is part of the plan that at some point in the future it will be played on CBS, the channel? Probably not, but I was very confused by that. Yeah. Or yeah. perhaps uh, more cynically, part of the plan is that they're going to be inserting advertisements into those act breaks. That, that's true. I, that is true. That or or planned to and then didn't. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then for Captain Rios, no notes. You're no safe. Notes. He's, no he's notes. Great. Perfect. <laughs> he, is, he is perfect and I love him. Uh, so how Dios would you... Mio. <laughs> how do you see uh, beep boop everybody I'm a robot now. Uh being a thing going forward, Justin. Okay, so so <clears throat> that makes zero sense to me. So let, let's yeah. let's move on. Uh, so I think we're all agreed. I fixed Star Trek Picard season one. Forever, yeah, forever. It's perfect now. In my yeah, mind, it, that's how it actually went. Yeah, I honestly think it, it it's a much better version using the elements that they already had introduced, and I feel embarrassed for them that little old Justin. <laughs> The genius man. They're going to hear this podcast. Fix their stupid show. <laughs> um, so let's move on to, yeah, speculation for, for the, uh, the show. I think, Tom, you were mentioning earlier. Um, I think this season set a weird precedent that it was like a miniseries, strong, singular plot-driven show. But with um, non-serialized characters, the only way that um, Space Legolas and stuff makes sense is if they continue on in the next season, which throughout this show, I was kind of hoping that the next season would be like completely new, different characters. And the fa and like you were asking, Frank, the fact that Picard is a robot now came out of complete left field, and I think it's a stupid idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it seems like they're setting up. It seems like they're setting up a, um, which I was not expecting. Uh, they they had elements of prestige stuff like all of the cursing uh but this just feels like a 10 episode long encounter at farpoint mm. yeah uh getting everybody onto the onto the oceans 11 crew uh 
and then the crane shot at the end like here we go let's go do wacky space adventures um which the plot that they created inside the season it, that is completely incompatible with it <laughs> mm-hmm. uh you know the, the the mission is complete uh there's no reason for them to ha- keep hanging out <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no I would agree. Um, I I honestly, I, it's not going to happen. But I honestly kind of hope that like season two. I think I wish they would have the balls to do Star Trek Worf, like fully continue this idea of of revisiting old characters, uh, but going in completely different directions. And maybe Picard and his crew show up, dude. But. Yeah. C- cut cut to the south of France. Uh yeah. establishing shot. Dilapidated bed and breakfast. <laughs> Worf looks around with a real estate agent. You know, Worf, for the amount of credits they want for this place, I think you can do better. He makes his weird excited smile that looks like a snarl and goes, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> and it's about Worf finding himself in middle age uh in a bed and breakfast in the south of france and there's a love interest and uh <laughs> alexander's there and he's resentful and he, he needs uh he, he can't repay his student debt so he needs a place to stay and then they fix up the place together and it's great <laughs> uh so did you guys hear what the original concept that michael shaban wanted to do for the show was I heard there no. was such a thing. Yeah, so so what I heard was, and and after I found this out, I was like, oh, this season makes total sense, is that Michael Chabon's original pitch, which got uh, Patrick Stewart on board for the show, was completely scrapped. Yes. And, I, and, I'm, and that makes sense. Do you know what it was? No. Michael Chabon's original pitch for the show is that Picard never leaves Earth. He stays on Earth, and it's kind of mostly around the vineyard, and it's him and his dog, like, sort of episodic, taking care of stuff, almost Columbo-esque. Um, like, he, the way Michael Chabon put it was solving mysteries, um, and it was him and the dog. Are you saying like like one and of the, the shows our moms watch on PBS from Britain, like yeah, <laughs> like Perot, like like Picard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, like Father Brown type shit? And it would have been him and the dog and the Romulan housekeepers. That's <sighs> fucking amazing. You're exactly describing one of those shows that all of our moms watch on yeah. PBS, yeah. and that and I, I watch sometimes too. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty good. Yeah, I I also see why. CBS would not allow that. Oh yeah, I see why they said no immediately. <laughs> it's it's an amazing idea. There's no way it could happen. No, but that was that was his pitch that apparently got Patrick Stewart on board. That's amazing. I love that. Now, in the pitch at all, does Picard become a robot? <laughs> no, nope. He said like he also said none of the synth stuff happens. I oh I. Going kind of going back to my fixing Picard thing, um, this season should have been the second season <laughs> yeah. of the show. The first um, season should have been. I mean, I know timeline wise it's all fucked up, but 
the first season should have been all of the Romulan shit. Yeah. And then you're setting up uh, elements of the Romulan conspiracy in there, and maybe even uh, Dodge is a character. You know um, what this show ended up reminding me of? And Justin, you're going to get mad. Mm-hmm. It ended up reminding me of Damon Lindelof's Watchmen. I I will agree with that. I loved Watchmen, but it, it's also a better show, in my opinion. Yes, um, broadly. But I, I agree with you that it is, some of it is kind of... A little sloppy. Well, uh, you, the the I'm speaking specifically about the latter half of that season. Yeah, like episode four onwards. Yeah, is yeah. where the thread of the season kind of gets away from itself. I felt uh, this happened multiple times throughout the season, but yeah. the thread just kept getting away from itself. I do have to say, as time has gone by, I've liked uh, th- that season of Watchmen even more. And I've forgiven some of its faults. I like it even less. Like, I keep... I'll keep rethinking about it, and maybe I should just rewatch the whole thing. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, I like this less than I did. Man, I like this so much less than I did when I watched it. Let's do a Watchmen rewatch podcast. (laughs) Tom, are you in? Do you want to watch watch Damon Lindelof's Watchmen? Uh, That he's apparently now not doing a second season. Good, good, because it ended perfectly. Disagree... <laughs> so I, I i have a i have a small correction to issue from uh last week's episode yeah um and uh uh as, as a um half-blood mongrel uh uh, uh semi-irishman uh i have a lot of irish family and i uh hear their names uh, and then i they friend me on facebook and i go who the fuck is skip <laughs> Boyne and sine wave, <laughs> yeah. and I kept referring to poor Mister Meanie as we all did, as you all would upon reading his name, as our anglophonic minds. Calm, that's not a name. That's not a column. Which uh, what? Calm. No. Yeah, like like what holds up a roof? A column, but like faster. <laughs> Okay, because it sounds I've, I've like known, calm. I've known some columns throughout my life, but I've never seen their names written down because why would I? Yeah. Uh, but then I realized, oh, crap. No, Colm. Hello, I'm Colm. <laughs> Can I calm it, you down? It Do sounds like me calm. Comb it sounds like hair? you're calling him cum meanie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Bring back that's, Col- bring back, then bring back Mr. Colm meanie. Yeah, yeah. Th- that felt about as on topic as your talk about Watchmen, so uh, I, f- I figured I, I would, I would uh, interject Justin, that now. Do you have any proposed cameos aside from the Whoopi Goldberg thing? Because the Whoopi Goldberg thing is one that we know. We have no idea how involved she is, but she's coming to well, the second. Season. So, so the, that the, the fact that I'll put it this way: halfway through this season, actually early on in this season, it was like. Uh, Patrick Stewart went on The View and invited, awkwardly, invited Whoopi uh, on to season yeah. two. And that's when I realized, oh, they don't have a strong plan for this series. <laughs> because mm. based on what this season was, um, it's going to be, there's no room for um, kind of the magical um, stuff like a, um, 
like Whoopi or Q. That being said, I'm excited to see it. I am too. I, I, I'm excited to see how they fit it. Mm-hmm. I think... See, the whole Picard becoming a robot thing really throws a wrench into shit. Yeah. Be, because if season two focused on his pure mortality and and that's when you get things like um oh fuck what's whoopi's name Guinan. 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 things like Guinan and q <clears throat> and have it be like um like tapestry from tng like yeah. uh uh the uh, all, like all good things, and have it be a season about Picard dying, but or now the, the Bajoran prophets from Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm, exactly, but now he's a robot, and that throws. <laughs> what, <laughs> I I really have no idea where the next season's going. I really so Michael Dorn was asked to be on Star Trek Picard, but he um he refused because it was just a tiny cameo mm. and he said he'd only come back if and and rightly so he'd only come back if he had like a like a good important acting role yeah um besides picard and data tng mainly was about wharf yeah and that continued into Deep Space Nine. So that's why I really hope... That's why, like I was saying earlier, I kind of wished that season two is Star Trek Worf. And, and it's focusing on him and the, the Klingons. Uh, I know this is kind of like a jokey thing for everybody, uh, but it's actually kind of a shame that they relegated Will Wheaton to the after show Chris, Har- Chris Hardwick role. Uh, be- yeah. Because he wandered off as this greatly empowered mystical being that was intimately acquainted with all of the cast members and, uh, <laughs> you know, shades of the uh, sequel trilogy of Star Wars, it could have been an arc of finding him as a grizzled mystic living as a recluse somewhere uh, imbued with great wisdom and power uh, to to deal with some sort of situation. He's a terrible actor, though. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine, um, just imagine like a like a Marlon Brando. Uh, um, what's that movie called? Uh, Martin Sheen. Uh, Apocalypse Now. Just imagine Apocalypse Now situation <laughs> with Will Wheaton. <laughs> uh, he has a cult that is uh, devout to him and his magical abilities. They can't write fuck on the helmets because it's vulgar. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Will Wheaton. <laughs> um, I will say this. I, I didn't notice it until just now that this season plays into the whole um, thing that so many um, uh, reboots and stuff uh, about people in... Um, like in official capacities, going rogue. <laughs> Think, uh, besides uh, Casino Royale, all of Daniel Craig's movies have been him going rogue. Um, uh, like the Mission Impossible series, they're going rogue. What I want to see next season is Jordy LaForge 
doing it by the book. Starfleet, doing Starfleet shit. And I also want to see uh, Mr. Columini uh, in Starfleet doing Starfleet shit. Uh, There are a bunch of characters. I want to see Worf. Bring in Michael Dorn. Like, I, I know... So Tom has alluded to this, and this has been talked about a lot. The issue with the Klingons being on this show is that it would conflict with the makeup design that they created for Star Trek Discovery. Because it's a completely new, it's totally different design from the TNG era. It's even different from the one two-second cameo in the J.J. Abrams movie. Um, So they would have to make Worf look completely different if they wanted him to fit. Um, Which I guess I'm fine with. One of the things that they... The reason that they got... That they explained away the Klingon redesign the first time from the TOS era to TNG is they said, oh, they evolved. The Klingons just, like, evolved. Whatever. Who cares? I, I, I... I do have to throw in that um, Discovery takes place before the original series. True, yes. It takes place way so, before. So that that evolution bullshit yeah. could still apply, and we could get a uh, pudding head... Uh, <laughs> pudding uh, head wharf. <laughs> wharf. Um, it's, a, it's a shame with the cameos. Uh, as we talked about last week... Probably, and I've been watching some TNG uh, during my quarantine time, uh, that LeVar Burton's relationship with uh, Data was about the most important one there was. Yeah. And this would have been the story arc to involve LeVar Burton. Mm. Uh, This, like, a Data who is now dead uh, story arc uh, would have been the one to bring Jordy back. Yeah. you know, we're going to have to watch Jordy find out Data's dead again <laughs> uh, if he does come back. Um, by the way, I was watching some TNG. Uh, I know they mentioned in dialogue that Data had golden skin, but Data didn't actually have, like, gold finger, gold paint, gold skin. No, he, as... had, he had silver skin. He was kind of mm. just pale. Yeah, he, like, his, his skin was silver. Uh and they made him look like he was jaundiced on this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which Did may not have look just great. been Brent Spiner. <laughs> we <don't know. laughs> We've been so mean to Brent Spiner, an actor we all like. Yeah. He's a, he's a lovely man, apparently. <laughs> he's a wonderful man and a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Jordy and going back to speaking about Michael uh, Chabon and thinking of, of how Jordy could have fit into this series, um... Michael Chabon, I believe it was him, revealed, and it's never mentioned in the show, Jordy LaForge was running uh, the Mars uh, thing when it was attacked. Show us that. Show us that. It's in the and prequel uh, comic. Uh, we don't even, they don't even, besides just dropping his name during one conversation in the second episode, we're not even sure he's still alive. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, especially with something like they have not mentioned where Worf is, but we know that this big massive plot point of a place exploding, Jordy was in charge of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, which which frankly was like. Uh, that, that had potential to be sort of personal, emotional stakes 
for the synth band in the Fallout to mm-hmm. have it affect somebody, maybe perhaps kill. I hope not, because I want to see LeVar Burton. But maybe he, maybe he married Leah Brahms, but now uh, his uh, stalkerdom uh, got her killed, uh, <laughs> and that's like an emotional stake for these people about the synth band. Like maybe he's in favor of the synth band. Maybe that could have yeah. been an interesting turn. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, just another example of a asset that they create, but then don't utilize. Yeah, yeah. But but speaking of like cameos for the next season, I think they handled the air quote cameos very well this season because they weren't cameos. They may have been small parts, but they played pivotal roles in the uh, storyline. So I, I would hope that would continue. I, I don't, I don't like Michael Dorn uh, said, like I don't want to just see, besides the original crew showing up when Data dies, I would have loved that. But I don't want to see just a, a, a short, um, oh, nice to see you, Captain, uh, uh, over Skype. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And yet that so, worked in Twin Peaks The Return. We got... Uh, <laughs> that's true. We got um, Donna's dad <laughs> that's true. talking to uh, Sheriff Other Truman over Skype. <laughs> that's how all films are going to work in Ronaville. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I just want to maybe? see Michael Dorn do one of these. Yes. <laughs> the, the I Jack am happy Nicholson. now. You the Jack Nichol- because of how intense I'm grimacing. Do the Jack Nicholson, yes, but Michael Dorn in Wharf makeup. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, that, that pretty much nails it. Yeah. Whenever, whenever Alexander would like embrace a Klingon ritual, he would look down at him and do the uh, do the Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the second season could be. Picture this. Alexander is all pissed off that he's half human, half Vulcan. He's real fucking mad about it. He's just so he, he's just sitting in an easy chair, stewing, stewing. So he gets a, a rogue Klingon like warband, and they start fucking up everything in the galaxy. Q, the Deadwood holodeck. Sheriff Worf has wrapped up another successful day. He's been living in the Deadwood holodeck for like, uh, we'll say 20 years. Is he fucking the data prostitute? He's fucking the data prostitute. Enter Moriarty. Uh, Enter holodeck Moriarty. Mr. Worf, your son, he has gone rogue. Time to saddle up, lock and load. And he oh. ropes Picard into this whole shenanigans. <laughs> Picard, I understand that you're a robot now. Yes, I yes. am, Mr. Wolf. <laughs> Beep boop. Can can Alexander's second in in um in command be those uh um sex clown bubbles from that episode with uh Loxana Troy? <laughs> yes. Uh, and the resolution to the series finale is Worf just brings a picture from TNG of the little kid in the bald cap with the Klingon hair on. He goes, look how stupid you looked when you were a kid. You looked fucking terrible. And he just cries and that's it. See, you, dude, you, Mike, Michael Chabon, call me. Oh, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, man. 
yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh, it's kind of telling of the first season that we have no fucking clue what the second season is gonna be. Literally none, because yeah. I'm not sure if they thought a second season was gonna happen. Uh, well, and also I have to I have to ask. Is it should should a second season happen for one? I say yes because they can't end this character on what I think everybody apparently like. If Michael Shaban is out there correcting the record on Instagram, <sighs> then people know that they kind of rushed it and fucked it up. Mm-hmm. Dude, what the fuck if the fucking higher order life came from beyond the Milky Way? And was like, hello, we bring you peace. We have found the key to immortality where the line between synthetic and organic is erased. Uh, and then Picard's like, oh, I am dying. And then they're like, oh, I am dying. Come- Thank you, beep boop, I'm a robot. No, he's not a fucking robot, and I'll tell you why. Because the last boat with Erwin and uh, Agent Smith from the Matrix is setting sail for the Undying Lands, and they say, room for one more. And Picard's like, me? And they're like, yes, you. He's like, oh, a new adventure awaits me beyond. Viggo Mortensen just starts singing. (laughs) Yes, in Spanish. (laughs) Or whatever fucking language he speaks. I I He speaks like five or something. No, seriously, but what if like uh that was an opportunity for Picard instead of dying or becoming a beep bop robot, uh going off to the undying land of the immortal synthetics. See, I would hate that. Let me say why I would hate that. Because I love that. And they have (laughs) and but and they have precedent for that should be Q. Q should do that. And that's where I was actually, I was kind of a little bit disappointed by uh, the Next Generation's uh, series finale. Because I wanted, I wanted Q to lean more towards, I love you, Picard. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that like, like, like y- you've proved yourself to me, Jean-Luc. Um, and if some fucking tentacle uh, uh, space robots uh, bring Picard along, I would hate that. Q needs to be involved in Picard's death. They tell me you're a robot now, Picard. I can help you shed that robot body. <laughs> this is really just the same voice, just kind of in a little bit different register. <laughs> But I, I agree with you, Tom, fully on on that, like, going into the Undying Lands thing. But it would have to involve Q. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what does this mean for Q now that he's no longer an organic being? Um, I mean... Q has to be watching this, as we all are, going, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Oh, well, this is Q's chance to step in and say, well, now something new is made. Picard, you're this new thing. You're not an android. You're not human. You're something new. Time for me to fuck with you. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Based, so, uh, in terms of our speculation... Since we know that Guinan's going to be in there and she's got some kind of mystical type shit, I am convinced 
it, it is going it would have to be a cue thing i think and, they had and, an, an opportunity to introduce a real game changer uh so one of the biggest tropes in pre sequel star wars lore for after return of the jedi is that the new republic uh uh, encounters uh, an enemy from beyond the galaxy, much like this one is, that is immune to the Force. That the Jedi go to do their Jedi shit to it, and they are completely immune. The Force doesn't work on them. What if the higher being, which I think could have literally have been anything. It could have been a metaphor. It could have been just a ball of light. It could have been uh, Jodie Foster's dad, like in contact. It could have been anything except a fucking uh cat's butthole with worms uh and it was uh but what if uh q emerged and said unfair he's mine you can't take him to your netherworld with your magical circuitry that's a terrible john delancey it was better than (laughs) it was better than frank's i started off strong and then it got bad uh I submit that it was not better than Frank's. My name is John Delancey. I don't know what voice this is, but I know whose voice it isn't. And that is not the voice of one Patrick's. No, that was bad. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just retiring from impressions. See, I can just switch into it. Patrick Stewart. <laughs> you, you are switching into nothing, sir. <laughs> It will stop here. <laughs> oh man, I had the cure for cancer, but I lost it. You know, like you lose your keys. That's that's the other voice I do. That's that is Sean Connery. If you yeah. have to tell us, it's a bad impression. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. A belly. You know. I Blemo. wouldn't have to have killed you if you were already dead. <laughs> Blemo. <laughs> uh, we should do a podcast on the Death Wish movies. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. okay. So, um, so this is the end of Star Trek Picard. Um, on this feed, <laughs> yeah, you will find uh, the Death Wish podcast. <laughs> it's, it's, there are only five movies, so it's not going to take very long. It's just us going, doing the Simpsons Charles Bronson impression. Hey, Ma, can I have hey, some Mark. cookies? No <laughs> dice. This ain't over. Yeah. Um, so, now Thank that uh, COVID-19 has ruined the world and all of entertainment has stopped, and we have no idea when the show is going to be back, we have and to find... Fu- if it's going to be back. And if it's going to be back. Because Patrick Stewart could die of COVID between uh, now and then. <laughs> or um, of myriad other things. Yeah. Right. Uh, we have to fill the time on this podcast feed with something. Mm-hmm. And we have fielded a few ideas that I think we're going to hash out right now. Yeah. Boys. On, on, on the air. On the well, air. Let's well, do it. Perhaps, perhaps before we do that, uh, <clears throat> I would just like to thank everybody for joining us on this uh, 11 part or 12 part special episode of (laughs) 
the Plaid Lads. That was terrible. I apologize. It's been that a while since I played that. wasn't that bad. I recognize what it was. Uh... Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess I guess this is potentially permanently over <laughs> this uh, haha engage show. No, I think we still call it haha engage. It just becomes yeah. a different different format or a different subject matter rather. So it's haha engage, a Star Trek Picard podcast. It's like the greatest generation is talking about Deep Space fucking nine, and they're That's probably going to talk about Voyager. That's true. That's so. But based on the title, Haha Engage, um, it, it would have to be in some way related to Star Trek. We could call it Haha Engage, a Star Trek podcast. That's true, 100%. So, like, what would we what would we do with within that? The easy answer is TNG. That's true, and that's a lot of television. That is a lot of television, but there's also a lot of podcasts. True. <laughs> Um, so I, like there there would have to be an uh, an angle. Are we still recording this? We're still recording. I'm recording. I'm rolling. Do we need okay. to be? <laughs> Probably not. Okay. Well, everybody, this was all a joke. It's all a joke. This <laughs> podcast has been a joke. It's a goof. Ha-ha. It's just a big goof. Ha ha! Engage is the show. <laughs> About Star Trek, it's a show about Star Trek, Picard, starring Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Come on, guys, you know the words. Star, Star Trek, Picard, Trek Picard is a show that streams. Should old acquaintance be forgot its New Year's <laughs> Eve, Mr. Data? Ah, engage. Sir, sir, I, I have no one to kiss at midnight, and I have one New Year's wish. Ah, uh, is that so, Commander Data? <laughs> Hang on, wait, 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 wait! You were ripping on my uh, uh, Patrick Stewart, and can you can you run that uh, Data impression by me one more time? <laughs> DJ, run that shit back. I am sorry, Spot. You no, cannot sit on my couch. That was not it. That is not what you just did. I can't remember what I just did, guys. All right. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> sir, sir. That was not what you just did. Uh, that is a incorrect strategy for three-dimensional chess, Jordy. I'm, stop- I'm stopping recording. Oh, sure, fine, yeah, whatever. (laughs)